today on Raiders Get Animated, animated rabbits in space. And animated frogs also in space, but also animated frogs in a playroom. Does it hold up? Stay tuned. Good day, everybody, and welcome to Writers Get Animated. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. Today on Writers Get Animated, shows that you loved as a kid. And? And you may or may not love as an adult. <laughs> but that's the adventure. It's like jumping back into a machine of some kind that travels through time, and you see yourself and the things that you watched and you 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 get to experience things again i'm just bad it sounds now. more like the ghost of christmas past oh that's like the ghost of true. cartoons past <laughs> now that would be great ooh crossover idea <laughs> yes before we get too involved though yes, uh, we do have right. some unfinished business that chris is so excited to tell everyone about i'm really excited about this because we have received our first official answer to a question that no one is asking, except for us. <laughs> because that's uh, one of our people uh, has told us that we ask the questions no one asks. So we asked a question no one asked, and we got an answer. So on our episode of called of, of McStuffins and Puffins, um, the creator of Doc McStuffins, Chris Nee, got back to us about one of the questions that we had concerning um, the clinic, the doctor clinic versus the veterinary clinic and why certain toys go to the vet clinic and some of them go to the regular clinic. Um, and she says, yes, sentience is the key to being in the clinic versus the vet clinic. And she also said, not easy to open vet clinic when we have talking hippos. Now I know at least two people understand the rules. So and now we know at least the three more people who listen to the show know the rules as well. Exactly. So <laughs> check out Chrisney on Twitter. Um, she also has a new show coming out. She's the executive producer now of um, Vampirina, uh, which is based on some books. So hmm. it looks pretty fun. So I don't know about the, that. Yeah, little, little vampire girl. Um, with bat wing pigtails. Uh, sold. <laughs> it's, it's like Halloween year round without the gore. So all the fun parts of Halloween without blood and stuff. Cause okay. it's a kid's show. Okay. So I'm into it. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm, we'll see if Jack is excited <laughs> about it too. Jack, do you want to watch this? No. I'm not assuming for him. I'm just imagining that scenario. Yeah, he, he likes to say no a lot lately. Oh. So. <sighs> sassy Jack. <laughs> I wish it were sassy. <laughs> so. Um, so today, Chris and I have each picked a show that we have, we watched as kids. Loved as kids. Loved as kids. And loved. have not really seen since. Is that correct? You're correct. That was the that was the thing that was important. We had to have not have experienced it since that time period. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things, Ninja Turtles and other things that I've rewatched as an adult. Mm -hmm. I've seen some turtles. Voltron rewatched as an adult, 
but things that have just stayed in childhood and have not been looked at or experienced since then. It was very difficult to find one, but I think we each found one. Yeah, we did find one. They were difficult, but... Um, I learned a lot about mine having rewatched one episode of it now. <laughs> and as you may recall from the homework, um, our first episode today is Captain Bucky O'Hare, uh, season one, episode and one. the Toad Wars. Yeah, right? and the Toad Wars. Differentiating so it from any other Captain Bucky O'Hare TV show. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I picked. I loved this as a kid. Um, I was going through like a whole like, I guess, space and mutants and fighting and talking animal phase or something. I don't know what was going on. Well, this had everything in it, if that's what it, the phase you were did, going it through. It did, it did, it Ninja Turtles, without the Ninja Turtles, and they were the bad guys as frogs. I don't know. Um, amphibian Wars. Amphibian Wars in the... Anniverse. Well, they, around this time, because when did this happen? It was 1991 uh, to 92, which I thought it was earlier than that. I'll be honest. I swear the animation it looks like it's earlier than that. It does. Too. But 91, 92, that would have been that prime Ninja Turtle time. That would have been Battletoads. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot about making animals anthropomorphic it was and big for fighting. A while. It, like, it came out of the 80s and went into the 90s and then just suddenly stopped mid-90s. Well, Bucky O'Hare started as a comic book. It did, in the late 70s. Which is interesting of how long it took to become... I'm just saying, we don't have a Usagi Ojimbo dedicated TV show yet, and I'm still waiting. And that's been running for at least 30 years, maybe 40 so I guess Ninja Turtles started as a comic book too. So it did. They saw the comic mm -hmm. book to TV show slash toy empire mm -hmm. created by Ninja Turtles, and they said, "Wait a minute! Here's an animal-based space thing, comic book, and let's take that and turn it into a toy empire." And I can assure you, dear listeners, they made their buck off of me. <laughs> I know I had tons of t turtle stuff, so but you were Bucky O'Hare. I had also lots of turtle stuff. Well, because Bucky O'Hare only ran thirteen episodes in one season. That's it. Um, yeah, one season. One season, thirteen episodes. I am not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for whether it holds up or not. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, they made a lot of toys off of that. Um, there's one for at least each character on the show. Okay. And I said all the vehicles. Well, uh, I, I love the ship name. Yes. The, the, ship, the Righteous Indignation. Yeah, it's the best name for a ship. I could not. <laughs> I think that, 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 that tickled me beyond belief. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we must find the Righteous Indignation. <laughs> find it. Well, I remember when I first started rewatching it, um, <laughs> Bucky's voice just surprised. It's like this, like... I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, it's like this very smooth, like teenage boy voice. Yeah. It, but he's like he, this grizzled war hero. He feels very young. He's like up here, sort of. Yeah. Kind of. It's like if, um, awkward teen from the Simpsons, like, became Not a quite fighter. there, but <laughs> like awkward teen, once he grew into his voice. Yeah. A little bit. He, he feels very much almost like um, a Donatello. Like his voice yeah. would be better suited towards Donatello. When I really, agree. I think we're expecting a more grizzled 
Raphael type. Yeah. Although Rob Paulson was Raphael in the animated original Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. So not that Raphael, but like Raphael from the movies. Raphael. Hey, yeah. I'm so angry and dark. Right. All the teenage boys like me once they grow up. Exactly. That's what I was expecting. That Raphael. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that I wanted to delineate before everyone's like, wait, Which but Rob Raphael? Paulson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I learned about this is this is a BBC production. Well, BBC was always doing cartoons. I know, but I don't. I didn't know that. Like, it, it doesn't f strike me as very British, but it kind of is. Because what 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 makes it British? What it's makes kinda, show it's like British? a wall in space, basically. You have the mammals who are representing, like especially the hares, or like the the British the British soldiers. Fighting against the the evil amphibian empire, who are green, they're coated green, a lot like mm, prominent colors associated with a certain other country that Britain may have fought against before. Okay, just I'm saying. I'm full of warts. Just saying. I don't know about warts. And they watch a lot of TV. The toads like their toad TV. They do. That's and very. I don't know that's where like this, a big thing. This, this metaphor is off base now, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this show. I'm trying to think. I summed it up to Chris recently as it's it's the aesthetic of Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien. <laughs> Thank you for specifying. As to anything else. Um, with the characters of X-Men, because they're all some kind of special, Dead-Eye Duck is an amazing shot and has four arms and an eye patch. And then the cat has telekinetic powers like Jean Grey that she keeps secret from everyone. Yeah, she has like... But she, yeah, she zaps a lot of things too, though. Yeah. So she's Storm slash Jean Grey. Yeah. Um, but it's all done in the style of Ninja Turtles and or Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, Deadeye does look like Daffy Duck. I think Deadeye's clothes look like Alien as a whole. Yeah, he does. Deadeye is like the epitome. <laughs> Everything rests in that duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is in that duck. The heart of the show is in the duck. Hmm. Hmm. Food hmm. for thought. Food for thought. I want some duck. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's like a, it's a weird aesthetic for a show to begin with. Uh, Chris, what did you like about this? Uh, that's that's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> Was there anything to like? Um. No. <laughs> well, no, I. I like things that weren't necessarily probably meant to be funny. Okay. Um, because they have the whole space narrative and Bucky O'Hare is going after the toads because they've kidnapped all the people from his planet. Mm -hmm. All the other hares mm -hmm. have been from planet Warren. Right. So they're all, <laughs> all taken. Um, and he's chasing after them in the righteous indignation, <laughs> right? Um, going after them. And then for some reason, in the middle of all this, we cut out of that story and end up in modern day San Francisco. <laughs> and we know it's San Francisco because we go to a school that's named, go ahead, Ken. San Francisco School. San Francisco school. There's only one. There's only one. It's college, elementary, high school, middle school. San Francisco school. Mm -hmm. And then we meet 
Billy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it should be Billy. If, even if it wasn't, I feel like the name yeah. of this child is Billy. Yeah. This child prodigy genius who's built a photon reactor. He's blonde haired, big glasses, um, tiny. He, he looks like he's about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And somehow... But he's- 14 or 15. Yeah, but he's getting bullied by bullies who look like they're, you know, just out of the movie Grease. Yeah. Like they just like wandered over from the set as the 25 year olds still in high school coming over uh, and threatening, threatening him to not do well on the big test tomorrow. The big science test. The big science test. You better not do well on the big science test tomorrow. Why? I'm not exactly sure. It's because the producers at BBC didn't have a grasp of how American schooling works. <laughs> That's my guess. I, like, if he does well, can they not get a good grade? Like, only one person can get an A? Or, it sounded to me, if he did well, then things wouldn't be graded on the curve anymore. And they would be, their grades wouldn't be able to be inflated. So it's more of a narrative about the broken education system when you start, you know, inflating grades. So even though they are C or D students, then... (sighs) No. I'm trying. My next question was going to be what you don't like, but you seem to have answered that already. And then, and then they, then we get connected in their their two worlds towards the end of the episode because mm-hmm. they they pull levers at the same time as each mm-hmm. other. One in in the righteous indignation. I'm sorry, righteous indignation, and then one over there in Billy's world in San. Sorry, in our world in San Francisco. I don't know. Do you see the Golden Gate Bridge? That doesn't look like our Golden Gate Bridge. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't even look like San Francisco. No, it doesn't. So, like, I would even take that over. Whatever that, that, it was definitely California. Oh no, Chris. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Don't Chris so down me. Fine, I'm done. <laughs> I've been Chris so down. Did you like? Oh, that's a ooh, that works well as a verb. Yeah. Um, but would it be Chris so doubted? No, because it's like doubted. Like I was doubting you. Chris so doubted. Now we're. D- Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> theme song. Do you like the theme song? The catchiest theme song of all time, which has persisted it, in my brain for 28 years. That that theme song was pretty on point. Bucky! Bucky! Captain Bucky O'Hare! I did not expect the show that followed after that theme song. It, built, it had a different mood entirely. <laughs> it, did. it did. It was like swashbuckling space heroes. And, it was, and the music during the episode itself was so dark. Mm-hmm. It was just... Everything felt so super serious, but everything felt like it was floating, but it felt like it should be dense. I think we can fix two shows here. Um, We're going to take Captain Buck O'Hare and another show, and they're going to switch theme songs to make both of them better. And that's it? Yeah, we're going to switch the Captain Buck O'Hare theme song with the Firefly theme song. See, like the serious, like, kind of like instrumental thing going into Captain Bucky Hair about it's more of a space opera and dramatic and then you get like the exciting like just crazy Captain Bucky O'Hare leading into Nathan Philly and doing crazy cowboy stuff in space okay so we're gonna do that yes okay uh, we'll, we'll do that we'll find a way to put the uh, 
Oh, I didn't mean so we'll actually do that. Oh. So we'll mentally do that. Oh, okay. It's an mentally exercise in mentally picturing something. Do you think it would help me like Firefly? I don't like Firefly either. <gasps> Bonding. Oh, it doesn't have to do with cartoons. We just made an enemy of everyone who listens to this podcast. <laughs> everyone just shut us off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this show, I think there is still a lot of cheesy stuff that I do like. Um, I like how ridiculous it is at times. Um, it's, at an, times. it's an inflated sense of importance. Yes. Everything feels important. Everything does feel important. One thing that it does for itself is it does take itself seriously. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there's never a wink at anything. It's super, super serious. Well, Dead Eye Duck can't wink. Thanks for pointing out his disability. <laughs> That was very insensitive. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> He's just blinking. He can't wink. That's true. <laughs> uh, he only has one eye. <laughs> hmm. I, I think my biggest complaint about watching this show is it does take itself seriously, but it doesn't understand science. Not that I think you have to in the Anniverse, but it's like they don't get space. The Anniverse? That's what they call it. They're not in the universe or in the Anniverse. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. I was I was thinking of the world of animation in general, but no, they, no, no. no they're no, animals it's not in like the Anniverse. Universe. This is the Anniverse. <laughs> it's Captain Bucky O'Hare. That's right. I forgot. Sorry. Uh, like, they <laughs> That's put how on, much I... <laughs> they put on space helmets, but like not space suits, and then they like blast a hole in the side of a spaceship, but nothing rushes out, and people don't like they take off their helmets once they're inside. Like, okay, it's safe to breathe now. Yeah. And there's a hole in the hole of the spaceship right behind them. <laughs> so. I don't know. There's a lot wrong. <laughs> cheesy. Uh, I recommend it. It's on YouTube. So we just want to have a laugh sometime. Bucky O'Hare. Captain Bucky O'Hare and War of the Warts. Is the first episode. It's a type A cliffhanger. You're right. <clears throat> if you go back so to the you'll be hooked. Episode. You'll have to watch the next episode. You will not be hooked, <laughs> and you will not have to watch the next episode. <laughs> uh, from personal experience. <laughs> and it, it does give you a small little preview of what happens in the next episode. So Yeah, so you get one minute where you are satisfied with the plot being wrapped up without watching another 22 minutes. Right. Of Captain Bucky O'Hare. Bucky! Did you say Bucky? I said Bucky! I keep thinking of, I keep wanting to say, and the little people. Captain <laughs> Bucky O'Hare and the little people. <laughs> Which is funny, because Billy's actually taller than all of them? Yeah, he is. But not human proportion? I don't understand. Anyway. Anyway. What's your show that you picked, Chris? My show uh, is a show that I loved as a kid. Um, Muppet Babies. Uh, season one, episode one, Noisy Neighbors. I remember this episode. When I started watching it, I started to remember everything in this episode. I remembered the whole plot. I remembered every segment of it. And I hadn't watched it in 30-some years. So uh, it started in 1984 when I was five and went for seven seasons. I don't believe I watched all seven seasons. Um, in my research, they started talking about how they had um, Statler and Waldorf eventually in the show. Did they? Yeah, and I was like, okay, so I know, I know, I know, I stopped watching Muppet Babies at some point because I don't remember Statler and Waldorf in it at all. So there was a certain point in those seven seasons that I stopped watching. I'm trying to figure out how that would work. What did they do? 
I don't know. Were they also babies or were they like teenagers? I, no, I think, no, they weren't teenagers. I think they were in their 30s or something, 40s or 50s. I think they were uncles. I think that's how Nanny, I don't know. Oh, but that creates an emotional dialogue of like why they go to every Muppet show even though they hate it. Because they knew them as children and loved Aww. them. Fixed it. <laughs> but um, I remember watching the show a lot. Um, I saw Muppet Babies Live. I still have the program from going to see Muppet Babies Live. Um, when I saw Muppet Babies Live, I had the program. And inside the program, they had the songs from the show and the lyrics. And I was like, oh, my gosh. As a kid, this is this is the thought I had. I'm like, they gave me the show. <laughs> They gave me the show. Those fools. Now I could do this show myself. And I did. That was the first play I wrote was riffing on. It was a crossover of the Muppet show and Muppet Babies because it started with Scooter and Kermit and Scooter called Kermit Boss because mm -hmm. it was the Muppet show. And they were got together and they performed the show as children. So it was them recreating it. So even back then, I was like, I had my own wheel of crossovers where it crossed over with itself. <laughs> Don't cross the stream. <laughs> I totally crossed the streams. It was so awful. we have uh, Muppet Babies to thank for Chris Leva becoming a playwright. Yeah, I would. I did not realize that it was like the end of Sixth Sense for me. I had a huge perception shift of my whole life <laughs> because honestly, um, Muppet Babies it works like my mind works, where it's just pulp. Pop culture references and movie clips in the brain at all times. Mm -hmm. So everything spawns a pop culture reference or a riff on something or a movie clip from something. It's That's what it is. You say the right words and something plays in my brain like that. So it's exactly how my brain works. So if you watch Muppet Babies, you're like, oh, this is like... It's like what would happen if you're if you um, being John Malkovich your way into my brain. It would be essentially a lot like Muppet Babies. <laughs> and I used I just verbed that. So Malkoviched. <laughs> yeah, if you being John Malkoviched, doubted your way into Malkoviched. <laughs> I'm on a verb roll. Verbed. I verbed it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I verbed a ver Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, that's how my brain works. So Muppet Babies, re-watching it made me realize that's how my brain works entirely. So, I thought this was interesting because it is the Muppets. Yes. Drawn by Marvel's animation studios. So Muppets and Marvel. Uh-huh. With a clip of a Star Destroyer from Star Wars in the first episode. It's like the preview of what's to come for Disney. Disney will hand pluck all of these things. It's like Bob Iger sat down like, let's watch the first steps of the Muppet Babies and decide what to do. We must own all of these things. Everything. Now, there was also a Superman parody in there, so. Yeah, which Marvel drew a Superman parody. Hmm. 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 Interesting. And it, I thought that particular segment of this episode was interesting because this is before really anything with the Max Flesher, like early, early on animated Superman cartoons. Um, it's post Superman original movies, but before like what we consider passable Superman movies now. I know I've lost more fans. 
I dissed Firefly and Superman 1 and 2 in the same episode. I made a mistake. Uh, (laughs) Losing my nerd cred. But so they they do like this comic book riff of Superman, and it feels jarring now. Because they're referencing the comic and not the cartoon or the movie. It's like they're missing these pop culture references that have happened since then. You expect them to do... Something about modern Superman. It just never happens. But they probably couldn't do that because of rights. I mean, there's that like, too. Like right now, Muppet Babies has never been on DVD. It's only been released on VHS because the rights would probably be a nightmare. Not now because Disney owns everything inside of it. But at the time, I'm sure it was a copyright nightmare. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, every there's tons of clips that they just have of public domain that's that they throw out but there's like a clip of random star wars i don't know how they got the rights for star wars in the first place i suppose you could argue fair use but later on after watching this episode i watched an episode i'm like um where nanny and i have dramaturgical issues with nanny um but we have she's the villain right wait hang on okay but (laughs) nanny gives them a video camera to go play with um, and they recreate the movie Star Wars. <laughs> recreate it. Skeeter D2, or Scooter D2 and Skeeter oh, 3PO. Man. I'm having flashbacks. I remember this. Yeah. And they recreate the whole thing. And the what? Death Star, or the Death Tomato, which will explode if a bad joke is told and Fozzie keeps telling bad jokes. Is he, is like he Darth Fozzie? No, he's not a Darth Fozzie. It's Animal Vader. Who Animal, voiced by Dave Coulier. <laughs> so that there's that, which I, I think is pretty amazing. Um, Don't they also do Gonzo's Indiana Jones at one point? Um, Kermit is Indiana Jones in the credits, but I do believe that they did a Gonzo Indiana Jones. They did one also where they thought that Nanny was going to throw Fozzie away and they imagine his life where Fozzie's living in a dump by himself <laughs> and he's recreated. <laughs> I remembered this episode. I had, it, it did not come to me until I watched the first episode. Like I said, it unlocked a whole part of my memory <laughs> and he recreated all his Muppet friends out of garbage. <laughs> oh, you mean the Muppets? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of. So he's like built like out of cans and trash. He's built his friends around him again. And there's the song, A Table for One Can Be Fun. It's really sad and heartbreaking. So, oh, man. Yeah, Muppet Babies. Who knew? So you liked a lot of it. I did. I did. Um, it made me remember about Skeeter. Mm-hmm. Who's um, the Harley Quinn of the Muppet verse created for the TV show? But let's make all of our popular Muppets a TV show as kids. Oh, Piggy's the only popular girl Muppet. We need another girl. But the the thing that I like about Skeeter is she's a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She's athletic. She does fun stuff. She's everything that Piggy isn't. And that Scooter isn't. <laughs> and that Scooter isn't. So, in in reality, I... Th- no, that would have been troubled. They made the right choice. Never mind. 
was going to say, we could have started with Scooter as a woman. Like, just get rid of Scooter and have Skeeter instead. But then that would have been problematic in the canon, is what I was going was what I was realizing. Didn't want it necessarily be a. That trend. would be a movie. Yeah, that would be. That would be a movie. That would be a whole other movie. I think they could still do a movie. I mean, like, let's get rid of. Um, what's his face? Wally? Wallace? The what new are you Muppet. Saying? The new Muppet. Oh. Who they've promptly not put in the new TV show at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because let's be real. Uncle Deadly, best Muppet. <laughs> Side note, off track. Uncle Deadly. If you haven't watched the new Muppet show, it's not animated. Just watch a highlight reel of Uncle Deadly delivering sassy gay one-liners. <laughs> I'm serious. So... Muppet Babies, back to Muppet Babies. <laughs> Muppet Babies started the first mm-hmm. As Babies trend. Mm-hmm. Or dot, 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 As Babies trend. As Babies! Um, which then started going to everybody. So mm-hmm. Sesame Street Babies and Mickey Mouse Babies and Disney Babies. And and eventually, in the late 90s, it turns into dot, 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 As Teenagers! And Nickelodeon takes all of their shows and properties and imagines them at some point or another as like what happens to them down the line as are they adults. teenagers or tweenagers at that point i don't know tweens tweenagers i think they're in high school okay this i mean i i loved muppet babies but being a parent now mm-hmm. um made me wonder where these kids are coming from and why they live with nanny i've here's the question i have do they live there or is this some, some kind of daycare? I feel like it's a daycare. Then what is she doing all day? Like, Because Nanny's never in the playroom with them. She has those green striped socks coated to look like the Wicked Witch of the West. Because mm-hmm. you only see her feet. I'm sorry, of the East. Right. The one that dies. Right. Like, Well, it, they both die. Well, but. yeah. The, thank you. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one that Dorothy lands on? I haven't finished Wicked yet. Jeez. Yeah, the one that Dorothy lands on. <laughs> okay. Um, but you just see, of the Wicked Witch of the East, you only ever see her legs. She's the striped socks and the ruby slippers. And then with Nanny, you only ever see the striped socks and her slippers. And her purple cardigan, cardigan. thing. She's either a really good hipster... Well, she's voiced by um, the the <coughs> actress who played the mother in Leave It to Beaver, hmm. which is why she sounds so motherly. Hmm. She's like the epitome of mothers. Um, but she's never in the room except no. to scold the children. Yeah. That's all she comes in. And I feel like this is a racket. Well, this episode that happens, she comes in and she's... The, the whole episode is based on the kids are having a great time playing. And I always wish to have... This is going to sound really sad. I, <laughs> I can't rephrase it now. I always <laughs> wish that I had friends so that I could... <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so, so that I could play like the Muppet Babies play. But I never had friends oh. to play. Like they, they have this huge elaborate thing where some of them are on the couch and that's a ship and some of them are in a box which is a submarine and they're going after each other and they're blowing each other up and it's just awesome i'm like i wish i could play like that but i never had um 
enough friends. Enough friends to have that sort of elaborate play. That makes it a little bit less sad. Yeah, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Just a hair. So, um, yes. that I, I, But they're playing and having fun, and then Nanny comes in as a killjoy and says, Officer Carruthers called. And Officer Carruthers is their next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he's a police officer who works at night. I, th- I believe he works for the Vice. Because mm-hmm. why else? Yeah. Um, there must be a, in L.A. So he sleeps during the day, and they woke him up. So apparently their playing is so loud. And the, the playroom in this place is so big that I imagine the house is big. So I don't know how close these houses are together. I don't think Officer Carruthers is real. Would you don't think so? You think, I think he's a Nanny's threat. taking a nap, and the Muppets are waking her up. And she's using Officer Carruthers as this phantom. Yeah, as this phantom threat, a phantom menace, if you will. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> I will not. So. Officer Carruthers, and and finally she comes in and says, Officer Carruthers says he's going at work, so you guys can be as loud as you want. Yeah, she just gave up and woke up from her nap. And then the Muppets all take their take a nap. If she really cared about them being quiet for Officer Carruthers, she would have come in and given them some directed play mm-hmm. um, instead of having them police themselves, so to speak. She's a bad nanny. She's a bad nanny. Now the question is, do you think she ever goes to the Muppet Show later? Is is Nanny based on some pre-existing Muppet character? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Hmm. I don't like Nanny's discipline, and I don't like Nanny's non-involvement um, in the Muppets' lives. We have a lot of worry for these kids. Yeah. In retrospect. They could get hurt. <laughs> That playroom is a death trap. You wish you could play like that, but they could get hurt. <laughs> there are dar- there are star destroyers in the closets. Yes, this is true. I did. I liked that when the long animation seek or the long imaginations would turn into like little bits and stories that they animated and in the same styles of Mappa Babies with like a little bit of tweaks. But then the just like the brief imagination clips where we don't care. It's not part of the plot. It's like oh, we're coming in in media rest and they're in a naval battle right now. And they use live action clips for the stuff that doesn't matter as much. Right. I think it helps direct you as a viewer. So I think me watching as a kid was very helpful to like direct that plot instead of getting lost in subplots like you do sometimes as a kid. And you get to see just how big their imagination is, mm-hmm. too. I think if you just saw the box of the couch, it wouldn't feel as epic and as big for them. But seeing actual submarine diving and an actual thing you start to go through and say oh this is epic and it it feels epic and it feels big and Mm -hmm. it's exciting it really is exciting i was very excited by that point it's like oh i wish i could you you get to live it in their brains for a while uh to walk a mile in another muppet's brain (laughs) I liked a lot of what was in this episode. I really enjoyed it. I liked the humor. I liked the style. I like a lot of the dramatic trimmings that they put on there. Yes. Which I think have not been done as well since then. You're right. Um, cough, cough, uncle, grandpa. Cough, cough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dramaturgically, I think it's weird that Kermit and Piggy are like adopted siblings. But are they siblings, though? Is I mean, If it's a daycare... 
Like, is she their nanny and who's caring for them, or is she adopted? But they them? spend all their time together either way. But that doesn't mean they're siblings. And I think the relationship is weird if you take this as canon. <laughs> I don't think anyone takes Muppet Babies <laughs> as Muppet canon. I mean, yes. I mean, it started in Muppets Take Manhattan, mm-hmm. which has its own issues as a film. Um, but they're like, what if it, what it would have been like for us to have been met when we were kids? And then they have the dream sequence and they have their I Will Always Love You song. I don't remember this. You don't remember? That's what, like... I used to own Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah, they, they have the song. They're all his kids and they all have the same costumes they do in Muppet Babies. It's... It was almost like, can people tolerate these characters as children? And then that was so... People loved that sequence so much that they turned it into an animated series. Muppet Babies. Yeah. That's the, that's the series. Do, 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 do. No, I was going to guess, actually. Um, reboot? <laughs> that was different. That was later. <laughs> so, Mackenzie, what was your favorite thing? Oh, um, I like generic ideas in shows that don't hold up. And it kind of shows you that non-specificity just doesn't help bode well for your show. Okay. Tell San me. Francisco school, big science test. Yeah. Anniverse. The anniverse. Anniverse. But then they get specific about the planets, sort of. Sort of. Not really. No. No. So non-specificity. Specificity. Yeah, my favorite thing is how non-specificity doesn't work. Got it. <laughs> um, also, side note, when watching Captain Bucky O'Hare, YouTube suggested that I watch the show Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, which I've never heard of, and I'm going to promptly binge <laughs> all of. <laughs> Captain? That sounds familiar. That does sound, sound I don't familiar. remember this I don't remember watching at it. At all. I don't remember watching it, but it does sound like something I've heard of. I watched the opening title. I... Do not recognize it. I'm going to love it, though. Okay. Some kind of aliens uh, give a, a simian super, super mental capacities, and he has uh, the ability to pick his favorite apes from planet Earth to create some kind of space tactical force. That's just weird. Sold. <laughs> well, my favorite thing was um, Gonzo, as voiced by Rusty Taylor, who voices Minnie Mouse. Mm. And Sherry and Terry from Simpsons and oh. Martin Prince from The Simpsons. There's does some Gonzo. Prince in there. He's got the same yeah. hair thing going on. So he, um, when he opens the door, there's a Star Destroyer and like promptly slams it. <laughs> like, I just think that that's dark. He says cool. something like. Yeah, I forget the line he says. Oh, it's worse than we thought. That's right, because he's afraid that Officer Carruthers is coming after him. But it's actually <laughs> the Empire. I just love these these kids have seen so much. Like I don't think I don't know how old Jack is going to be when he watched Star Wars, but I don't think he's going to be as young as those Muppets. <laughs> I feel like they're four, maybe five, maybe five. I think they're like four. I think they're right around three or four. I would not show a three or four year old Star Wars. Star Wars. Like Jack is Jack knows who BB-8 is. Because I showed him a video of BB-8 talking to R2-D2 on stage at Star Wars Celebration. 
and I showed him a video of uh, the BB-8 toy going around with puppies. Mm -hmm. That's all he knows of BB-8. He, he loves BB-8. He loves BB-8. Um, his grandmother just got him a BB-8 bike helmet. Oh! Which does not fit me. I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it on. Um, <laughs> I'm desperate. Um, anyway, but I, I just... I'm troubled for what these kids are taking in. I, f I feel like they should not have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark at their age. Maybe they're not taking it in. Maybe Muppet Babies is telling us that all of film history is conceived of through the Muppet Babies. They haven't seen these. The movies are based on their imagination. I don't know if I... I, I, I... No, I don't, th <laughs> I don't think so. So the verdicts of today's episode are... Captain Bucky Hair does not hold up. Muppet Babies does hold up. And Ken is wrong about everything. No, no, no. Mackenzie's wrong about everything. Oh, I said my other name. Ooh. Ooh, dirty. <laughs> I think I called you Ken earlier today. Did you? Too. Okay. I think I did. Okay. Oh, well, Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, anything no. can be a verb. We learned that. We, you can verb, verb it? Yeah, you can verb most anything. And if you don't think it worked the first time, you can reverb it. Next week, four writers get animated. We are going to go um, off the reservation a little bit, and we're going to talk about Zootopia. 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 The Not 55th animated feature from Disney. Walt. Disney. Comma. Walt. Companies. Company. Animation. Feature animation. Feature animation. Not counting Pixar? Question mark? Not counting Pixar. Specifically Disney Animation Studios. Correct. Cool. Full-length uh, animated feature, the 55th. The 50th was Rapunzel. Uh, tangled. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Did> I, <laughs> sorry. Showing off your Disney knowledge. I'm not. Um, That's next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk about Zootopia. So, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Zootopia, you should see it. Um, spoilers, it's good. Um, as well as the... Spoilers, it's great. Um, the documentary... <laughs> Imagining yes. Zootopia. Imagining Zootopia. It's a documentary. You can find it on YouTube. Disney mm -hmm. put it out there for us to watch. Yeah, it's like a making of. We're going to reference it a lot, so you don't have to watch it. But it's also spoilers great. Um, and we'll be talking a lot about it. Awesome. As always, thanks for engineer Nigel Catino and Jacob Reed for the music. Catch us on the web, just like Chris Nee did, at, on Twitter at WG Animated, on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated, and on Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps, mm -hmm. and other people can find us and yeah. listen to us. Tell oh. your friends, tell your family. Tell some strangers on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of a good catchphrase for the end of the show. Neither did I. <gasps> no. Oh, Animal. At the end of Muppet Babies, Animal always says, Go bye-bye. Good night, everybody.